But I realized you have to build a foundation in, in any business relationship. Um, you have to be vulnerable and, and open and honest and communicate. And when they say it's lonely at the top, those are people that aren't at the top because it takes a lot of people to get to the top. You have to enroll people into your vision. And, and it was a roller coaster ride for me. Hello and welcome again to another episode of One Starfish, where our mission is to change the world one starfish or one person at a time. As always, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, share, all this stuff. Let's get the word out about what we do. I'm excited to be sitting with Murano, and if I butcher your name, make sure I get it all right, but I think I got it right. Uh, this guy, I just met him actually, but he's in California. He's in the solar industry, came from Wisconsin, so there's a whole bunch of stuff. His big mission, though, is to help single moms and empower men to be more vulnerable. So I'm excited to dig into this and kind of see where it goes. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. So tell us a little bit, like there's a whole bunch of areas I know we could go down here, but let's start with what, what had you moved from Wisconsin to California? Wisconsin's kind of like farming community. Um, California's, well, there's a lot of farms there too, I guess. Kind of different, different country a little <laughs> bit. So tell us a little bit about the transition then six years ago. Yeah, so um, I'd say I kind of hit a low place in life about six years ago and um, was going through the same cycles. Um, and I uh, ended up losing a job in a relationship. And I read a book called Kingdom Man that basically kind of started my journey of uh, learning to love myself, finding myself worth, um, learning to be alone. Um, I kind of was going through, a, I was a serial dater and, you know, going through same cycles and, and I wanted real long lasting happiness instead of instant gratifications. Um, so that book just kind of started my journey. I made my circle real small and I ended up messaging a guy on Instagram and um, he just looked successful. And I was like, Hey, what do you do? Uh, and he's like, I'm in sales. So then I used the tools that God gave me um, from the book. I read the book uh, Kingdom Man by Tony Evans. And it said, God gives the tools to rule our own kingdom, but we can only rule the kingdom that we tread. Um, but also my vulnerability as my biggest strength. So I just got vulnerable with him. And I was like, this is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm looking for. And he's like, well, I'm actually from your hometown. We had mutual friends. He was living in Huntington. He's like, I can offer you a summer sale job if you're willing to move to California. I was like, I've always wanted to live in California. I'll leave tomorrow. Um, so we ended up meeting after that New Year's. And uh, he ended up onboarding me with a different company at the time. Hit me up three weeks later, said, I found you a spot, covered my first two months around, said, hit the road. So I did, and that was six years ago. Wow. So, like, a mentor helped you. Kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and now you're into, like I said, you're wanting, you're, you're pretty successful in the industry you're in, and um, and you're wanting to use this as kind of a, a tool to create a nonprofit and help single moms. Were you raised by a single mom, or where did that kind of drive come from? Yeah, it's kind of funny because now my parents have been together since junior high and to this day they're still together and have puppy dog love but um i don't know I, I went through a leadership program in la called mitt and i joined it because i've, I've always been you know in sports and i like that you know that camaraderie and that you know the group aspect and you know and i needed that coming out here moving you know out here by myself i went through it and i saw other people's stories and you know the things that they went through and um, their stories resonated and, and, you know, brought things up for me that I didn't really know that I was suppressing. And, um, you know, and then I went through my life and as a boy um, being in a, a Hispanic community, you know, it's a machismo thing. And it's like, 
you weren't a man until you kind of hooked up with girls and stuff. And it's just like, that's not real happiness and that's not the right thing to do. And um, so going through that leadership program and seeing that um, it's really made an impact in my life. And the way that I feel that I can make a difference is my vulnerability. I'm really good with, you know, with, with moms and, and with people, with kids. I love kids. And uh, it just really gives me joy and to see that I can just change one person's life. And, you know, I don't have to be the ripple. I just have to make, I just need to find the person that does the ripple. Um, and that's, and that's like the whole, I just want, I, I like to make a difference. So I just, that's the goal. That's really cool. So tell us a little bit about like, what got you into, so you said six years ago, you kind of were at a dark spot. What got you down that rabbit hole? Like, you know, you sounds like you had a good upbringing, had a good life, you know, probably a small town, it sounds like Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got the visual of this. What kind of got you down maybe maybe the wrong path? What do you feel was a catalyst there? Um, I don't think I ever, I realized I never put 100% into anything. I kind of always coasted by on talent or being popular or, or things like that. So, and that, you know, that went into my relationships as well. Um, so I used to, I have a lot of sports injuries, so I'd, I'd smoke a lot of weed and, and I kind of felt like, I think I got invincible and I ended up losing a job because of smoking weed and then a, a relationship. And, uh, yeah, I think just always being, you know, being able to, you know, fall back on my parents or being enabled and, and knowing everybody that, you know, could always talk my way out of things and never really, really get in trouble. Um, so it, it in the end it just it didn't pay off to to the person that i wanted to be in and and where i was going so it was just like it was just time to look in the mirror and say hey it's not the outside world it's me that's cool and so you talk a lot about like being vulnerable as especially as a guy what are some what are some things i guess you've seen that have made you embrace that or talk about it more or whatever and what are some things that might help listeners that are like well i don't know where to begin with this and i don't really <laughs> want to be vulnerable and I don't really think that'll help me. And we're raised in a world of, you know, don't guys don't cry, real guys don't cry, all this kind of stuff. Um, what are some what are some thoughts there? Um, I think I owe it to my mom. <laughs> okay. I have I have a really good relationship with my mom and you know, to this day I'm thirty six years old and I go home and I'll lay in her lap and and, and show rub my face or my head and you know, it's it, it's just home. Um, but I realized um, I had to check my ego. I was always worried about what it looked like on the exterior. Um, and then at the end of the day, I wasn't happy with, you know, trying to impress other people. Um, so it just, it really, I think God stepped into my life as well. Um, I used to, you know, I grew up Catholic, went to church every day, did the CCD stuff, but, you know, never read the Bible myself, never got my own, and you know, my own, my own answers and stuff like that. And, you know, I'd come home from Christmas or from school and, it was like these sermons were just talking to me and and it was just time to change it was he was speaking to me i didn't hear the words but it was just like it just kept pulling me back and i'm like i'm never gonna get my answers until i uh until i actually build my own relationship and go and actually read the bible um so when i read that book it kind of just started my journey of um just being a godly man being a kingdom man and and uh um, my little brother had a had a girl he has four kids now and I always wanted boys. And as soon as she was born, I was like, <laughs> I was like her dad for a couple of years. Cause he was, you know, he's 
not the best dad and he's got some issues with some certain things and stuff like that so um i spent every day with her and taking her to school and parks and um it was like hey <laughs> i wouldn't want her to be with somebody that i was um so it's time to change wow, that's powerful. so um do you still see her a lot like is she far away or is she close? Like yeah, so all my family lives back in Wisconsin. She actually lives in Texas. Um, I fly back on the second um, for her quinceanera is on the sixth. So I get to see all the family. I haven't been home in about two years. So oh, wow. I, I, it's kind of kind of rough, but, um, you know, life happens. <laughs> yeah, that'll be really cool. So what are some things that you would say to someone that's like like listening in and they're like, well, yeah, that, that sounds all great, but like, be successful in this world, whatever success means to a lot of people, which normally has to do with fame, fortune, money, like the things that attracted you to the guy in California that made him look successful. Um, you know, it, you can't be vulnerable. You can't show weakness. You can't, you know, what have you seen in the actual world out there, you know, from your mentor that you moved out there to go spend time with, which I think is really cool. Um, what have you kind of learned from that? And what are some tips that you would give other guys? I mean, women can, can learn from this for sure too, on, on some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I read a quote or something. It's, it's, it's how can you be successful and spiritual at the same time? It's like, cause you're not going to be too nice, but you kind of be have to be cutthroat. But, um, I think what I learned from the guys out here is, um, Ross, the guy that initially recruited me, he's from Kenosha, but the other guys, you know, they, they're Mormon. They did mission trips and they kind of brought all those values over. Mm -hmm. Um, it's probably the happiest I've ever been working with a company or for bosses, um, but I realized you have to build a foundation in, in any business relationship. Um, you have to be vulnerable and, and open and honest and communicate. And when they say it's lonely at the top, those are people that aren't at the top because it takes a lot of people to get to the top. You have to enroll people into your vision. And, and it was a roller coaster ride for me. I was straight commission and, uh, I never made the type of money that I made. So I, I blew it and then I'd be struggling and, and they were there for me. And, and a lot of times as a man, you know, you go through things by yourself and they, they taught me actually to, to be open and honest and, and to talk to them. And, and they helped me get through a lot of things and they showed me what it's like to be on that side of the, the table. Um, and now I'm on that side of the table and I'm able to help other people and, and get them to where I'm at and, and let them not go through the experience as long as I had to go through it. Um, so that's been really cool. And, uh, I'm a cry baby. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's been pretty cool to, to not be afraid to show your emotions and to feel safe. I think, uh, in a world where maybe women have kind of found a, a power and, you know, we want, we want men to speak and to be open and honest, but I think at times right now, the roles are reversed and it, they don't feel safe to speak up. Um, so I think it's important to create a space for men to to actually feel safe and and speak and be vulnerable and, and honest because that's going to create a foundation for you know not only business relationships but personal relationships and um, communicating and we need to be open and honest communicate for uh, a foundation to be strong that way we can build a high tower right. Makes sense. So now you're running your own business, correct? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm in a company, but I'm all, I'm 1099. I'm, I'm basically my own entity okay. in a business. So. When did you start that? Because you started working for these other guys, like you were saying. And then when did you kind of get into like your own self-employment, business ownership, that kind of thing? And how has that journey kind of been? 
Um, it's it's been pretty cool. I'm I'm still kind of with the company, um, but you know we're self self contractors, um, so I'm still with them. So it's been nice, but uh, um, it's been cool to to actually change my identity um, from from before I was you know just a regular worker, and now I I changed my identity into you know this is a business. I'm a business, and what does that look like? Um, so like what has helped change your identity and your thought processes? Cause I, I think that that's a good, like a lot of people see themselves one way and in order to have a different quality of life from where you're at, you need to start to see yourself some a different way. So in order to change your circumstances, you need to change your thought processes. So what are some yeah. things that helped you change, change your identity? And, um, I mean, obviously we talked a little bit about associations, um, how, how integral have those been or just like, um, reading, like what if, what have you felt has been your biggest shifts? Yeah, I think um, I think this the quote to some of the five people that you surround yourself is who you become. Um, I think God still puts people in my life that are doing the things that I was doing back home, but also people that are doing things that where I want to get better in, in, in different areas, whether it's religion, finances, um, you know, being a part of Arte, listening to Andy Priscilla and Ed Milet. You know, reading different books like, you know, parallel universes and, and things like that, where, you know, every version of us is actually going on right now. And it's just up to us to be, do, have, um, to wake up and, and really focus on, on, on what that looks like and changing that identity into becoming that identity. Um, when I first moved out, it was like, how can I make $100,000? Now it's like, how could I not? Yeah, it starts to change. Then what can you do with it? And the giving back and, and the um, the impact you can make. The more money you make, the more impact you can have in the world. So um, whether we like it or not, the world is still revolving around cash flow. Unfortunately. So, yeah, <laughs> so, and that's, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, but like you said, good money and good hands rules, you know, helps people. So that is a really good thing. Um, what are some tips that you would give someone that's like, like I said, that's listening specifically, you know, that you want to help these kids, you want to help these single moms, Kind of saying, what are some some tips you give either the guys that are you know in their lives, I guess, or the kids or the moms? Like, what what are some things that you've thought of that you've been able to help some people that might help some of our listeners? We have two ears and one mouth. Listen, slow down. Um, I've been in a really emotional. I'm an emotional driven driven guy, and and and, that. <laughs> and I. Uh, um, sometimes react on emotion and use my animalistic drives instead of, uh, instead of my actual thoughts and, and responding correctly. Um, I think just slowing down and, and, and coming from the heart instead of, uh, what I want to get out of the situation, just always coming from the heart has seemed to cause a, a switch into way that, um, into the way that I uh, approach each individual as being special on their own and nobody else is different. So I, I, I try to, I try to emulate that. That makes, that makes that's, that's awesome. So where do you see yourself with the nonprofit? Is this a five-year goal, 10-year goal? Where do you kind of see yourself in the next five to 10 years with everything? Um, I would like it to be within the next five years. Um, the goal is basically, I don't ever want to leave California. <laughs> um, I love it too Access much. And all, eh? yeah. Yeah, there's, there's too many good things about it. Um, but I would like 
to have a family. I'd like yeah. to have some investment. Hopefully, we'll have some investment properties and and then be in the uh, some hard money lending. I'm, I'm doing some other investments, but. I'd like to have a foundation where it's, you know, it's from, from for single moms from the kids from ages from zero to seven, because those are the most influential years of a kid's life. Um, I want to create a foundation where it's, you know, it's the community aspect. They have mentorship where actually men come in a couple months, a couple times a year, uh, a month and, you know, clean the apartments or things. So they get the kids see what, you know, an actual good male is supposed to be a father figure um, in their lives. Um, but also have things donated to where, you know, they can go out to sporting events and things like that. And then exercises to teach, you know, the little boys that vulnerability is a strength and power and, um, and not a weakness. And for little girls to, you know, that they can be beautiful and, and they deserve everything that they deserve, which is, which is everything like little goddesses, um, and that they can, you know, be beautiful with their clothes on. Um, and then I, I, I want the women to actually go through the foundation, uh, at least the first part of the group, uh, the program that I went through, um, basically to, you know, heal their single moms. They have, uh, they could have issues for, you know, themselves with men, they, you know, whatever it is, let them get to go through that and then bring that, that foundation, that presence, that awareness for their kids for when they get out of the program so they can, you know, be successful on themselves and, and be there for the children. Um, I, I would like to be there in five years. Um, I'm a little behind on my plan, um, but that's okay. Um, so it's pretty exciting to see where I'm at right now and uh, where where uh, where I'm going. Compound effect is very powerful too. What you've done in the last five years can compound exponentially in the next five years. So you know yeah, you can't really cool. base it on where you're at to where you could be. I know I'm a, I'm a little hard on myself. It's it's like Andy says I'm like my biggest critic, and and uh, and sometimes I forget where I'm at and where I came from and. Um, the people around me have been good at reminding me at times that I need it. So um, just find yourself a good tribe. That's really awesome. That's really cool. Well, in, like I said, in wrapping up, I always ask three final questions and then any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners that we didn't touch on. Um, <laughs> so three final questions. Number one, sounds like you found your purpose. People talk about this all the time. So if you meet someone that's looking for your purpose, looking for their purpose, What's one word, or not one word, what's one sentence, let's make it a little bit longer, that you would say that could help them find their purpose? I would would say find what gives you joy. Find what gives you joy and figure out a way to turn that into your career. Um, I know that, you know, if you you do what you love, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And, and it's kind of crazy. That's so true. Um, and it doesn't have to make you rich. It just, I think this, I think the point of this life is to, is to, to make a difference and to feel good when you leave this earth. I like that. Number two, and you've mentioned a few already, so I don't know if they are, but they might, we might have multiple. What's your favorite quote right now and why? Ooh, that's my favorite quote and why. Um, I have I have the way you do the way you do one thing is the way you do everything written on my bathroom mirror. And I like that as a way as you know, it's I've I've watched some uh, a friend, I think uh Eli, he uh he had talked about it and kind of stirred up some uh some things on Facebook, but it's like 
yeah, no, it's not the way, you know, everybody doesn't do everything the way it is, but it's a, it's a, it's the great reminder that we can be an excellence in everything that we do. We're not going to be perfect, but we can always be an excellence. Um, so I love that one. I love that saying, and I hate that saying because I say it to myself all the time, and then I make myself do stuff that I wouldn't want to do. Um, <laughs> number, number three question is, what's one word or sentence that you want on your gravestone? A good man. Awesome. So in, in wrapping up, was there anything, so you run into someone at the coffee shop, and they're like, hey, was there something that, you know, that we didn't touch on that you, like, think would be really impactful for, for someone to hear today? Um, I just want to say that you're enough, you're loved and you're worthy of everything that you think you deserve. And, and, uh, and I think that if you dream it, you can make it happen. Um, so trust and believe in yourself. Cause I do. That's awesome. I love that guys, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, follow this guy on Instagram. We'll have all the links, all the stuff in the show notes. As always, let's go out there. Let's change one life or one starfish at a time. If we can change one life at a time, we together, we can change the world. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you.